Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Sports fans, good morning and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Today is Saturday, the 25th of March. Great to have you with us as we talk about some March madness, some lightning sadness, and of course, the baseball season's upon us. The number here, 877-448-7901, jimmybsports.com, allows you to send an email to the show. We'll be happy to talk about anything you want to. We'll be right back to kick off the show on Power 90.1. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. That's 800-750-9886. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Hopefully everyone's day is going as good as this weather has been. It's been perfect weather. Chamber of Commerce weather down here in the Tampa area so hopefully you're outside doing something today enjoying it in between watching sports of course let's start off with the lightning i know it's been a tough week for them they're coming off their third consecutive loss which you know it's become more common this year with this team if you watch the game on thursday night against ottawa we lost seven to two now that score doesn't indicate exactly how we played there are a lot of empty net goals at the end with um, that game, but we did lose to Ottawa, the Canadians, the Devils, the last three games. What I found interesting in all three of those losses, we scored exactly two goals each. So, from an offensive standpoint, how many games do you win scoring two goals? Now, everyone's banging on the defense for the Lightning, and that's fair because, quite honestly, their defense has been awful uh, for a good part of the season, to be honest. And I think that that's something that needs to be addressed and and talked about and um, remedied to be able to go into the playoffs. So a month ago... We had said on the show that the Lightning are going to be playing 19 games in 33 days. That's a grueling schedule. All teams, not just the Lightning, but all the teams have a similar schedule. And that's just the way that it it plays out in the NHL. It's a very long season and it's difficult to win the Stanley Cup once the playoffs come. Now, since saying that, when I'm watching this team play, what I'm seeing is a tired team. And when I say tired, I mean they look tired to me physically and they look tired to me mentally. You never see them attacking the other team. Uh, they seem to be you know, playing off of them. They seem to be not as aggressive as we're used to seeing the Lightning play, returning the puck over continuously. Uh, you don't see that too often in years past. And that comes from a team that right now is... You think that when you know what to do, because these these guys haven't forgotten how to play the game of hockey, obviously. They've been playing since they're, you know, three, four years old in a lot of cases. So 
it's not a matter of, of effort and focus and energy. I think it's just um, awful puck management. You listen to Stamkos, what he said after the game on Thursday night. He said, listen, it's a lack of execution. It's not a lack of effort. So the effort is there. The execution is not there. Cooper said, you know, going through a lot of self-inflicted losses. He said that the defensive coverage is awful. And that's true. All those points are, are valid. And I guess the question would come down to then why is that happening right now and I'm going to go back to the fact that this team is tired. They've been on a great run for the last four years and playing a lot of hockey and I think at some point it catches up to players and you have to remember on that defensive end of things we don't have Palat anymore we don't have McDonough is that an excuse? No because they've been playing without them you know, for the whole year here so it's about time that uh, they understand they're not coming back to play so they have to figure it out and you know there's 10 games left basically in the season unfortunately one of them is today in a couple hours against Boston up there in Beantown and if we play the way that we've played the last couple games we might lose this game by two touchdowns does it really matter at this point though if you look at what the Lightning are doing, we're in the playoffs. So right now, the most important thing, in my opinion, is for the Lightning to get into the playoffs without any injuries to any key players at this point. And if we lose the last 10 games, but are still showing effort and still showing you know, a lot of energy out there and focus, then I'm okay with that. Are we going to lose 10 games? No, we're not going to lose the last 10 games. But I would rest several players if I was Cooper. Because it really doesn't matter right now. I don't think we're going to catch Toronto. We are 42 and 25 going into today's game. Uh, Toronto's 43 and 19. More importantly, Toronto has 95 points. We have 90. So as nice as it would be to have caught them to get the home ice advantage in that series... I don't think we're going to. I think that's a fair assessment right now. So in that situation, why don't we just rest the players? Why don't we just rest the players and let them be able to go out there and start fresh once the playoffs start? Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. 877-448-7901. Um, sports at power at 901.com is the email. If you want to shoot an email and let me know what you think about anything that we've said so far uh, about the Lightning. Um, you know, a point. He had another great game. I mean, he had a goal. I'm not say great game. He had a good game. Uh, 45 goals right now this season. Uh, he's having a fantastic year. Kucherov, 102 points, 74 assists, which is you know crazy if you look at things. But it's all about putting the W up there on the scoreboard, which is something that um, we really haven't been able to do consistently uh, in the last several months. And again, what I say it comes down to, again, this team looks like they're uh, very tired. And you, after the interviews, you look at Stamkos, you look at when um, Hedman's talking sometimes, you can just see in their face that 
you know, they know what's coming down the road in the playoffs and what they need to do. But right now, it's just not clicking for them. And I also think that they are pressing a little bit. I think they're out there trying to um, force the issue sometimes. If you look uh, when we're attacking on the power play, it seems as though sometimes we're making one uh, more pass than we need to be instead of taking the shot. Now I want to see Stamkos with that one-timer from the wing. I want to see point cutting across the middle. Now those are the things that I look for when the lightning are clicking on all cylinders. I just haven't been able to see that. And, you know, is it fatigue? I don't think there's anything else but the fact that they're uh, sometimes trying too hard, coupled with the fact that as you try too hard, sometimes it's more frustrating uh, than it was to start with. So take Stamkos off the ice, let him rest, take Kucherov off, you know, let Elliot play a couple more games, give Vassie some time to rest and, you know, recharge the batteries, give Point uh, some time to also just um, get his body back to 100% because I'll still say that if we have all these guys healthy, ready to go in the playoffs, there isn't a team in the league that wants to play us in a seven-game series. I don't care if it's Boston or whomever. If we're firing on all cylinders, we can beat anyone. Unfortunately, when we're not firing on all cylinders, we can lose very easily to teams that we shouldn't be losing to. So that's all part of the process. And I think that uh, although you can go out there and say the defense has really been a hindrance and uh, a cause of why we're losing a lot of these games, while you have a good argument saying that, I think that we need to put up more goals from an offensive standpoint to be able to win more games. Like I said, two goals in each of the last three games isn't going to cut it. It's not going to cut it today against Boston. I'll tell you that much. So we just need to go out there, take some time off, maybe um, rest a little bit, recharge the batteries and come back stronger than ever after these last 10 games. 877-448-7901. Sports at power901.com is the email. JimmyBSports.com. If you want to shoot me an email that way, we'll be right back to talk some March Madness. You are in the gymnasium. The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at The Property shopusa.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. How about March Madness? How's your bracket doing? I'm still alive, believe it or not. I have three of the four going to the final four right now, but that could change, as you know, at any second. I do have Gonzaga winning everything. It seems to me a lot of people had Purdue, some people had Duke. Uh, you never know. Whoever team gets hot in the tournament, uh, how about this? How about Florida Atlantic? Talk about being hot. 34-3 and three is their record. They're a nine seed, and they're able to beat in a four seed Tennessee 
on Thursday night, 62 to 55. They had a great surge in the second half. Um, Boyd had a fantastic game, 12 points, eight rebounds for FAU. They're a team that they don't realize that people think they shouldn't be there. That's a team that is athletic. They're, they're not the tallest team. I think they average, um, they put about six, four, six, five guys on the court. But for them to go out there and do what they did to Tennessee, who, by the way, had their way with Duke earlier uh, in the tournament, to be able to get manhandled by Florida Atlantic the way they did in the second half is really saying something. So congratulations to Florida Atlantic. Um, they'll be playing today. Uh, Kansas State, the winner of that game, gets to the Final Four. So obviously that would be a fantastic accomplishment to an already great season that FAU has. So um, if you look at some of these games, you had UConn last night. They trounced Arkansas on Thursday night, I should say, 88 to 65. It wasn't even close. Um, Arkansas was an eight seed. UConn, uh, four seed, 28 and eight record throughout the year. And they just came out and they may be a Final Four team and, and then some the way that Hurley has them playing right now. Uh, Gonzaga, UCLA, I thought was the game, probably the game of the tournament so far. Every time these two teams get together, this is the third time, I believe, that they've um, matched up in the tournament. They've all been great games. When you have a guy named uh, Drew Timmy on the floor for you, for Gonzaga, 36 points, 13 rebounds. So here's a game that UCLA dominated the first half. It was like 46 to 33 or something like that. They're up by about 13 points at halftime. Totally dominated the first half. Gonzaga came back and outscored them 46 to 30 in the second half. But it's really a game of runs. Like I said, UCLA had the first half. Gonzaga came out guns a-blazing in the second half. At the end, uh, UCLA came back 14-2 to actually take the lead. And then there was a shot that was made. I, I, I forget who made it, but they were down. Gonzaga was down by one off the timeout, 12 seconds to go. They came out <clears throat> handoff by the... Uh, past the top of the key where the logo is for half court the guy hits a three point shot two for seven the whole game on threes he didn't hesitate for a second buried a three and you know the rest is just history on the free throw line Gonzaga wins 79 to 76 so that was that to me was the best game so far of the tournament but the, probably the the best player that I've seen so far in the tournament was what Transpired last night with Kansas State, Thursday night with Kansas State and Michigan State. That was an overtime game. You know, when you have March Madness, you can rest assured that Tom Izzo's teams with Michigan State are going to be right there. And he didn't disappoint this year either. Uh, they had a catching up to do, but they did. They sent the game to overtime. I thought that Kansas State was just about ready to fall apart. All of a sudden, their point guard, Marquise Noel, uh, the game was being played in Madison Square Garden to begin with. He was a New York City native, so coming back home for his reunion there, he had 
19 assists in this game. 20 points, 19 assists, 5 steals. I think that was the first time that uh, that's happened. I'm trying to think how long ago it was that someone had those stats in, uh, in college. But anyway, Kansas State held on. Um, they win. They were picked to finish dead last in the Big 12 this year. So it just goes to show you that some of these uh, teams how their preseason rankings don't hold up. Like North Carolina, I believe, was uh, one of the top teams. They didn't even make the tournament. So Dusty May is doing a great job over there at FAU. And I hope that um, they're going to be playing K-State later on today. And we'll see what happens. So far, FAU has, has you know, beaten Florida, beaten uh, Tennessee. So it should be a heck of a matchup, but I'd love to hear how your brackets are doing. 877-448-7901 is the number. JimmyBSports.com will get you on the show if you want to check in that way. Let me know who you have left in the um, Final Four. And how you feel about it? Are you doing good in your tournaments, the ones that you're in? Or were you pretty much out the second that Purdue got beat last Friday night? Because I know a lot of people, a lot of people that has happened to. So, And what is your play of the play of the tournament so far? Did you see, talking about plays of the tournament, did you see what um, Kansas State, talking about Marquise Noel, one of the plays towards the end of the game, it was tied up and 92-92, I believe. Noel was uh, arguing, or so it seemed, with his head coach there, Tang, on the sideline. They're going back and forth. It looked like the coach wanted to call one play. Noel wanted to call something else. In the meantime, as they're arguing, Noel caught out of the corner of his eye the, uh, the defender watching the antics going on on the sideline and the big guy got open for us. Noel throws it up there. Very nice no-look alley-oop and we took the lead. So I don't know if that was orchestrated or if that was something that uh, just happens simultaneously because they have such great um, uh, eye rhythm and contact there on the team. But either way, that to me was was the best play of the season in the tournament so far. Uh, great games all weekend long. The women, uh, you do have Miami. Both Miami teams, are the men and the women in the Sweet 16. Like we mentioned, FAU. So good luck to all the Florida teams. Hopefully they can make a great showing here in the tournament. It really is the, 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 the March Madness for the three weeks that they're playing. It really does take center stage. And we're going to talk about some other sports as well when we come back. But uh, March Madness definitely is something that you can spend a lot of time on, break down all the teams, and there's just not enough time to do it. But we'll be right back to keep the show going. You're listening to the Jimmy B Sports Show in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Here's a real-life story that affects 50% of all of us out there. It's called divorce. If you've gotten divorced and now you're struggling to pay your bills and your credit card debts are completely out of control, you need to call this special debt relief hotline right now. We help people with all kinds of money problems caused by different life challenges, a divorce, a job loss, even heavy medical bills. Paid for by Debt.com. Call now at 800-810-4086. 800-810-4086 800-810-4086 
That's 800-810-4086. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Talking about some Tampa sport. We already talked about the lightning, the issues that they're having right now. The Bucks. well, it is the offseason, but it seems football never ends with all the talk that's going on. Ryan Suckup was released by the Bucks. We'll have a new kicker and... 2023. Why, you ask? Well, I thought Suckup was probably one of the bright spots on the team this past year, but his $3.75 million in salary cap space uh, made it impossible for the Bucks to keep him and pick up some other players, so therefore... Uh, they released him. Three seasons we had him. He averaged um, 78% on field goals from 20, 2009 to 2019, uh, which was last. And then when Suckup came in, we averaged 84%, which was the fourth best in the NFL. So it only makes sense, I guess, for the Bucks to let him go. I guess Bowles wanted to have someone that could make some longer kicks. It wasn't uh, Suckup's forte. He made two of seven attempts from 50-plus yards in 2022, whereas he went 12 of 12 on kicks of 40-plus yards. So I guess, well, maybe if the Bucks could move the ball a little bit closer to the 35-yard line, then Suckup could have made some more uh, points. I don't think we would have averaged 17 points a game if it wasn't for him, in my opinion. Anyway, that's what the Bucks are doing this past week. Uh, a lot of things with football. We still don't have any answer with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, believe it or not. Uh, Rodgers said, of course, that he wants to play for the Jets. Well, he gave the Jets a list of players that he would like to have the Jets sign. The Jets signed one or two of them. The ball is back to Green Bay. Green Bay wants more for Rodgers than the Jets are saying that they're willing to give for him. Um, Green Bay just made, the Jets just made a move actually with Cleveland for a second round draft pick. So that might be something that they're going to get ready to negotiate with Green Bay. Um, so the, the drama continues there and, uh, you know, quite honestly, I'm tired of talking about Aaron Rodgers and what he's going to do. I, I really um, hope that there's some type of finality to everything so that everyone else can just move on. The other quarterback, Lamar Jackson, what's he doing? He, he does not have an agent, which, you know, I don't know why a professional athlete, especially, especially of the, the pedigree that he is, and the huge contract that he's going to eventually get, why he wouldn't want someone to represent him, uh, is beyond me. I don't think it's as I don't think it's a good business decision for as talented as he is on the field. I think off the field, uh, with a, a judgment call like this, I just shake my head. Get an agent in there that knows all the other GMs, get all the other people to talk to, and get your deal done, Lamar. Why Why are you going to try to do it yourself? And now you have someone else, a quote-unquote business partner, some guy named Francis that you know, the NFL said, listen, this guy is not on the uh, National Football League Players Association list of 
agent, so don't talk to him. All it's doing is hurting your chances. So hire an agent, go out there, sign a contract so you and Rodgers could get off the radar. You could start talking about somebody else and some more football news instead of you know, people that are holding out for the last year, it seems. But uh, your thoughts, 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com, of course, is the email if you want to check in that way. Uh, The Rays, of course, in spring training. What's going to happen with them this year? Had a couple emails asking about the pitching staff, if they're going to be intact come opening day. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, the, the pitching staff is going to be good. The relievers are going to be good. And it's going to come down to the bats like it always does with the Rays. So are the Rays going to be able to go out there and compete in that American League East? I don't know. When you have the Yankees, you have Toronto, uh of course, you have Boston and Baltimore right there. What do the Rays have to do? I haven't seen any signings in the offseason for a bet. It was nice to see Randy Rosarina playing for Mexico in the um, World Baseball Championship, I guess, that we just had to sit through for the last couple of weeks. Um, but other than you know that, I don't know who the Rays are going to have out there playing. Um that's a change from last year. I keep on going back to the playoffs last year and how inept that lineup was. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why they're not making any changes to the lineup to be able to compete this year because more of the same is going to get you more of the same, right? So I think that if you look at what the Rays are doing, they're going to go out there. They're going to go as far as their pitching staff is going to take them and they're going to win some games Hopefully, with some of these rule changes, I think you may see a little more base running, some stealing some bases, a little uh, hit and run, maybe some small ball put into play, which the Rays haven't done at all in the last several years. So hopefully that's something that uh, we'll be able to see from this team. They, uh, they're playing the Red Sox. If you um, want to go out and see the game, they're playing Boston. Uh, and see how that goes. Of course, spring training, you never know what you're going to get if you go there and see a game. But um, overall, they're 14-12 in the Grapefruit League. Uh, again, doesn't mean anything until opening day starts and we can see what they really have at that point. So my expectations for the Rays this year, I think that it's going to be tough to catch the Yankees. Uh, I think that... You're going to have a team that they're going to go out there. They're going to compete. The pitching staff is going to allow them to win some games where they might not otherwise have won. But until they go out there and pay for a big-name bat, I think you're going to have more frustration come playoff time. That's assuming that they make the playoffs. Jim JimmyBSports.com is the address if you want to send me an email. 877-448-7901 and we'll be right back to talk some more sports you are in the gymnasium do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life are you thinking about it what if we can promise you the same results for less than three dollars a pill stop overpaying and call right now 
paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. That's 800-750-9886. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Did you have a chance to watch the World Baseball Classic? You know what? I'm one, I'm probably in the minority that um, I didn't really watch any of it. I did catch the last game when the U.S. was playing Japan in the in the final game. Um, That was a cliffhanger three to two. I just couldn't get into that uh, too early in this baseball season. I believe these players should be at the spring training camps getting ready. Uh, You have Diaz for the Mets that got hurt. Someone else got hurt as well. Uh, I know it's a big thing for some of these players to be able to go out there and represent their country. But um, when I'm hearing about the, the, the greatest um, matchup of all time at the plate, you have Shohei Otani from Japan against Mike Trout of the Angels, who, number one, they happen to be teammates uh, with the Angels, so they're paired against each other in the final at-bat of this, of this classic. I don't know, it all seemed a little bit too um, coincidental I guess is a nice way of, of saying it. And, you know, you have these people saying, oh, it was the best the best matchup, the best at bat of all times. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I must have missed some things because to me, Trout strikes out more times than he doesn't. I think he strikes out over 170 times a season. Um, so the odds, he already struck out in this game, I think twice. And then you have... Otani. Now, Otani is a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. Um, whether you, he's pitching, he's out there throwing a, a hundred miles an hour, eighty-seven mile an hour sliders. He's out there running to first base in four point eight seconds. Um, you know, hitting home runs that are tape measures. I mean, he's just. He really is a once in a uh, generation type of player. So, um, and Trout, don't get me wrong, Trout's a superstar as well. But to say that it was one of the best matchups at bat, uh, you know, it was. It's not even baseball season yet; didn't even start. So, to me, I didn't buy into that hype. Um, for the record, Otani struck him out. Shocker. And uh, Japan won the classic. So, I think that's over for another. I don't know, was it was four or five years, I think. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, um, NBA, 10 games to go or so before the playoffs start. Uh, typically, the NHL and the NBA playoffs are about the same time. So Lightning have 10 games left, and so do the NBA teams right now. Um, in the East, you have Milwaukee with a two-and-a-half game lead over Boston. And a three-game lead over Philly uh, for the top three seeds. You have Cleveland at four, the Knicks at five, the Heat at six. Now the top four teams get the home um, home court advantage when the playoffs start. They take the top eight, but there is a play-in. The way they have it set up, I think you can be. Um, Nine and ten have a one-game play-in. We'll talk more about the playoffs as they as we get closer to it next week. But right now, the top four teams: the Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, and Cavs in the East. In the West, you have Denver, 
who's three and a half games ahead of Memphis. Uh, John Morant is back after his self-imposed um, time off after his incident there, showing a gun at some nightclub. Uh, don't know what these guys were thinking. Sacramento is third, five and a half games back. Phoenix is fourth at ten and a half games back. So they're the top four. They would have the home court advantage. Then you have the Clippers, Golden State six. Timberwolves are seven, and the Mavericks are eight. The Mavericks are uh, contesting a game that they lost by two points this past week. And, you know, they're contesting. The, the referee says it's their ball. They're all down at the other end of the court, and all of a sudden the, the, the referee gives a ball to the other team who scores an uncontested layup. Uh, they said that the ref made a mistake and gave it to the wrong team, and... The refs say, no, I said it was their ball all along. So whatever it was, it was, it was a, a definitely miscommunication on someone's part. Mark Cuban, the owner of Dallas, is going out there and um, trying to, uh, you know, state his point, and he's going to um, contest the game. He's not going to win. He's, he's going to lose that. But uh, nonetheless, the communication on the part of the officials was something that was uh, lacking to say the least. Uh, Luka Doncic gets fined for making the Johnny Manziel money gesture. If you remember what Manziel used to do, well, Doncic did that. They're saying that that was a, um, you know, gesture towards the referee, making some bad calls, um, no, for whatnot, you know, you know, saying that perhaps uh, the fix was in or something like that. Doncic, I don't think, meant anything by it. Just trying to, you know, <laughs> just probably upset that they got beat that game. But nonetheless, he's going to get fined. And it goes on and on. Ben Simmons is dealing with uh, nerve impingement in his back with the Nets. Who would have seen that one coming, right? But anyway, he's probably going to be done for the season. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, guys, let's uh, hope that the Lightning can have a good showing against Boston today, come out of their doldrums, and get ready for the playoffs. I'd like to hear what you think the Bolts need to do between now and the time playoffs start. Should they rest some of their star players? Should they just fight through it? Um, what do you think? Should they give Vasilevsky some time off, put Elliot between the pipes? Uh, anyway, let me know what you think. JimmyBSports.com. As always, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay vigilant. Above all, stay positive. We'll see you next week in the gymnasium. Thanks for listening.